0: Welcome to episode 8, season 2 of the Break Magazine podcast and this week's episode we are talking entirely about mapping, mapping software and how to plan your routes for your rides and your adventure trips better. This episode is very much about the technicality of it, how you go about finding good routes, how you use software, what software you should be using, what maps you should be looking to use and how you figure out which trails are going to be good and which trails aren't. Before you get to that situation, I talk about this at the start of the podcast, but I am very much a a novice when it comes to this. Most of the time, I'm worried about testing bikes, getting good shots, and that side of things, and I've been very fortunate to be able to, for the most part, leave that stuff to other people. Occasionally, I've had to build the odd route here and there, but I am far and away no expert in this subject. I have a lot to learn, but my best friend, Sai, and my dad, that's basically their job Uh, they spend a lot of time planning and producing routes for adventure trips and making those very much about having a great ride. Anyone that's been on an off-road skills trip will know how good the trails often are and the trails they find are obscure and in the middle of nowhere. And they put a lot of time into this and they're some of the most experienced people I know and they produce some of the best results I've ever seen for it. So those two people are probably the best two people to ask about this subject that I know. So we sit down and we've talked about everything I could think of to ask about how to build a great route, how to make rides enjoyable and so on and so forth. We've tried to keep this podcast as broad as possible so there's some bits where we talk about some really basic things and some bits where we talk about much more complicated concepts and processes that those two go through when they're trying to build roots i hope you enjoy it i had a really really enjoyable time doing this one it's really good to sit down with two people that i know incredibly well obviously one of them is my dad um and talk about something that is novice and new to me and really soak that up I'll I'll let them do the talking for the next hour, or at least some of it, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for watching. But I am essentially a root building novice. That's one of the grossest things I've ever watched on camera. i am so sorry uh yeah so basically uh i think we i would quite like to start this conversation by going right back to basics essentially i'm not i'm quite inexperienced at uh making routes on maps um or making routes for going riding anywhere because for the most part i've had other people to do that for me um (laughs) which is not a real good way to get good at things uh and as i've started to try and do it a little bit myself uh now that i live in a new area I realized I'm not very good at it and I don't know what software I should be using. And when I do use software, I hate it. Um, and it makes me want to smash my head against the computer. So <laughs> what that did lead me to do was just text someone I know that has roots in this area, look at their root and go, oh yeah, that's good. <laughs> I'll use that. <laughs> but that still hasn't got me very far. So uh, let's go right back to the basics um, and talk about uh, how you go about planning a route, like you two especially have made some really complex and good routes over the last 10 years for adventure trips that you run from uh, ones around Wales and your local area, two day rides, one week rides to the stuff that you've done in Portugal where the, the detail is immense in a really localized area and you now have like a super good knowledge of what trails work well and so on from building those routes and riding them to ones like Savannah Way and, and those trips overseas where you, you don't have the capacity to spend a lot of time working on it. So where, where do you start when you're building a route for a trip
1: like that? It all comes. Oh, it's actually live now.
0: Yeah, we've been live for eight minutes.
1: <laughs> Excellent, I hope, everyone, I hope everyone's enjoyed my pizza then. <laughs> I,
0: I've got the capacity to mute that. <laughs> Maybe I'll just put like an emoji over your face so that no one can see it.
2: Do you need to start, Si, so we can uh, you can eat your
1: pizza. Uh, you you go ahead. I'm ready though. I can walk. <laughs> um, go on. Dive in first, Si.
2: Um. Yeah. So the those kind of three examples you gave there in you know root planning in Wales, in Portugal, and in uh, Australia of super, super different countries when it comes to working out where you want to go. Um, In Wales, obviously, and the UK in general, it's um, unfortunately pretty limited in terms of the ways you can go, Um, in off-road terms uh, anyway, in terms of like you can only really go on the byways and um, uh, unclassified roads and things like that where we ride in Australia, in, uh, in Portugal, as you know, it's just a maze of endless off-road trails, and it's awesome, but it kind of presents a different problem, and, and it's a really good problem to have, in that there's too many trails to choose from, so you kind of got to kind of see, well, you, you don't get a chance to check them all out, so you kind of have to try a few and then the best one might be one that you didn't try and you've kind of got to let that one go kind of thing. Full FOMO. Yeah, exactly that. that. Um, And then in Australia, it's a bit of a mix of the two really because um, a lot of the off-road trails are legal, but there's kind of, you know, in Oz you're kind of trying to cover those big distances, especially on, well, it varies day to day, obviously, but on the Savannah Way trip, you've got a, a long way to go in those three weeks. So sometimes you've got to take that most direct route. Um, I'm sure that you kind of felt that some days, si, when you were wrecking that one.
1: Yeah, I think I think uh, you know the the thing for me. I think first of all is like it's a bit like when you go to choose a new motorbike, isn't it? it you know, there's so much choice out there, and when you're working out to plan plan a route for a ride i think it depends a lot what your your goal are you know um if your goal post is to get from a to b in the quickest route then you're going to go on to your sat nav and put the town in and end up taking a motorway um and then on the other end the other extreme is you know, if you want to if you want to go somewhere you've never been before and maybe somewhere nobody's been for a long time or if ever um then you've got to be prepared to spend sometimes a long time actually not enjoying yourself for the opposite reason not because you're on a motorway but because you've taken a route that has gone nowhere eventually or 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 has become too difficult for your riding ability i mean we're all quite fortunate in that we can explore into places without fear that the terrain's going to become impossible or dangerous for us like we've, we've got enough of I, it I, no, no, I, no, no, i'm not saying you can you, you can end up in that scenario but we've all got the ability to go to the edge of that and realize what that point is and still turn okay. and get out because i have definitely or,
0: made or, that mistake in or, portugal or,
1: or be happy to drag our bikes out you know we've all done that as well where it's taken the three of us to drag a bike up a ravine and all you know, hours group. to go one mile Oh exactly exactly <laughs> so you, you know that that's like that's a line as well like you know you talk about savannah way a great example you know myself and um uh myself and mick one day we we drove for uh uh 13 hours i think it was which turned out to be a complete no-go can't take people there can't use it ever again and so 13 hours back again and then like we have never used that on any of our customer trips so you, you know that's like what I mean, where you've got to kind of work out at the start what your, what your goalpost is. And you know we're very lucky in the UK because we have this ordnance survey map system. And nowadays, a lot of information on the on the on the internet that you can kind of for a lot of the you know for a lot of the part you can get at not only where the route is, where it starts and comes out, how difficult it is, but also yeah you can find out a lot of the time you can find out roughly off someone else on the internet that. It's like adventure bike level or enduro bike level or. So that, or, or that's a really that good point
0: you've just made there. How, because uh, from my experience, like when I Google lanes in Dorset, I now live in Dorset, green lanes in Dorset, I'll get some clunky website that, no offense to the guy that made it, but it was made in 1991 uh and it just basically doesn't work it's just like uh, it's just impossible there's no there's no search function you just click on each lane and you get a little bit of line on a map and it it says something and you're like oh, I don't really know what this is or where it is or how to find it and then you have to go somewhere else do you know so how do you find out where this stuff is in the first place if we're using the UK for example how do you actually find out where a good lane is near you
2: um I- to be honest, uh, it's, it's not like a very efficient mesh method, but it literally looking at an OS map and looking for the nice big twisty long ones um, (laughs) in terms of the, like the byways and the UCRs. So on a normal OS map, the byways are the kind of pink crosses. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we can probably put a link to the, key in some sort of comments at some point but um but yeah the the byways of the pink crosses and the ucrs are the pink dots and um you're kind of really looking for those ones and um ones that go in the direct direction you want to go and um and yeah just making a note of them and yeah painstakingly either checking them out for yourself or what i did for um uh, for the Welsh five-day trip with offer skills, is kind of uh, went on Google Maps and looked at them from the sky to see if they were kind of, uh, yeah, there you go. Um, looked at them from the sky, see if they actually went places, see if they were actually kind of still there, marked in the ground. Um, and then what you can also do with Google Maps, is obviously drop the the little man onto mm-hmm. the road Where the trail comes out, so you can look at the start and the end of the trail. Yeah, and you can usually kind of rule out a couple using that method because the ends are, I don't know, gone, gone. Yeah, either come out of like a locked gate that's overgrown and all that kind of stuff, and then, um, and then you can pretty safely write that off really as a as a no go. Um, So yeah. So what I do first is kind of um find all these uh, UCRs byways plot them out in uh Basecamp or like highlight them on as a waypoint or a track on Basecamp which is a mapping software by Garmin and use a color code for each track that you find so um I'd usually do them all in orange to start with. And then if I found out that one was blocked or one wasn't uh, just a no-go, then change the color to red. And if, you, it, w- if it was a potential that could be good, then change to green kind of thing.
0: This is the advice of a person that has spent a lot of time working on this, because you are already <laughs> about five years ahead of me in terms of <laughs> knowledge base. Uh, <laughs> I, I I can't even get a map into base camp at the moment, so uh, <laughs> we've got some work to do. So um, you, you, so we were talking a little bit. Uh, other than OS maps, like if you don't live in the UK, uh, what what are you using for your mapping software? Because I know we've talked about this a little bit in the past in Portugal that there there isn't like a national map like that. Like in Oz, you have a pretty good national map system called Hema. Is that right? Yeah, That's he, not he some, is
1: good for sure. Um, yep.
0: But then in Portugal, you don't really have anything good. like that, that I know of anyway. So what are you using for those maps and what programs do
1: you use? And go you know, back to what I was saying there, like it, it's it's fantastic to uh, to be able to sit there and uh, look at Google Earth and, and that stuff these days. And the other bit you forgot to mention, which I've watched you do 100 million hours of, is then you went and found YouTube videos of dudes, Drive, a gopro footage of them driving those lanes which which is incredibly patient and determined um, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah and so i think the point is is whichever way you do it whether you do it the old way like how how we started off you know even with our roots in the uk where it was literally like look at a map get a bit of an idea and then just go out and all that stuff like you said go go to the end of the lane and still see if it still exists Ride it and all that it takes a lot of time either either technique takes a lot of time and you could spend a lot of time not having a good day's trail riding or not enjoying your riding not getting anywhere um which you know which is why there's things like you know like the trf that are great to join a group of people that knows the trails and go out and ride them with people that know the trails and know where it's safe to go and legal to go which whichever country in trf here in the uk but you know every country's those kind of groups for sure but when you're you know when you're going portugal is such a great example because really until probably until probably two or three years ago it wasn't any any maps that were any good for any of the areas we use you know the the best maps you could get until only two or three years ago were 19 late 40s early 50s military maps which were not even close to resembling what was on the ground but the fun side about that was that we spent a lot of time literally just like putting a, a, a dot in the old gps's that didn't have mapping on them like putting a dot and drawing a straight line between where we were and the, and the place we wanted to be at dinner or at lunch, and, and just kind of trying to head, you know, on that compass heading on the trails for as long as we could and going left and right at every junction until we worked it out. And like, that was so much fun. And some days you had the best day's ride you've ever had, and some days you were like, well, wow, that was rubbish, I might as well have stayed in the hotel. Like, that's the game when you start going, trying to work those routes out for yourself a little bit and you know if if you're into that it's so much fun but it's definitely not for everyone because it can be like really frustrating and a total waste of your your day out um you know very fortunately for us that's kind of like part of our job is to find those roots and knit them all together so they end up with five days of fantastic riding or 21 days of fantastic riding like it was the same in oz with that you know, with Savannah way, we were going right across the continent, but I didn't want to do it on the the big main dirt roads that everybody knows and has mapped so you know we found these old maps with from from back in the mining days, and we literally went down you know we've got tracks and and tracks and roads on that route now that are no one else has used for 30 years and they're so where did you get overgrown. But it's super fun.
0: Where did you get those? Because, and, you know, a, a lot of the people that I think that watch this or watch or listen to this podcast are, you know, kind of like us in that when they go riding, they they're going riding because they like the riding, do you know? And even for me, yeah. when I'm going somewhere, the goal is always where is the good riding like if i want to get from a to b that's generally not that difficult you know even if you're going to do some dirt roads along the way not maybe that difficult but finding the good riding is is the hard bit right like that's what i've been struggling with around here is not there's there's a thousand lanes and the the big ones are really obvious because they're big and long um but so where did you go to find old mining maps with roads on them and then how did you know that you were allowed to use them or not allowed to use them
1: no because again you know Oz is actually pretty good for that because you know Hema's so good and HEMA has got a bazillion different maps and grades of maps and of course now you can get it all on an app as well so the, the HEMA stuff's really good but it's still the same is that you know it was a it's a 21 day trip but it took us I think I think we spent six weeks wrecking it and we did like 15,000 kilometers for what's now a 6,000 kilometer ride, you know, like we literally, we literally spent from, you know, we were getting up at dawn and riding all day. Sometimes as I say, going nowhere. Um, and then, you know, that night, our night was download that stuff's, that stuff's route onto a computer, make sure the data was safe go again the next day you know Mm -hmm. and sometimes we yeah we went backwards to go forwards multiple days but you know that and that's why you can't beat local knowledge if you just want to go and have a fun ride locally (laughs) you you find the local people that are into it through your local air and you go to them Mm -hmm. because you know they've they've done that you know effectively in their in their region that there'll be locals that have ridden that region for all their life you know 30 40 50 years and they're the guys that the guys and girls that you want to you, you want to um, and most most people in dirt like well, like they're really open and happy to share that knowledge like they want other people to be out riding don't they mm-hmm. so you, you can't beat that for sure which is how the whole uh you know the whole tech things come about really isn't it it's not it's not like someone's you know they've got their system haven't they have so local, for, for people that don't know,
0: don't know what that is, though, the, the Tet is the tr- called the Trans-European Trail. And it's basically a massive loop of Europe that's been put together by different people in different countries and then kind yeah. of joined up, essentially, into one monstrous GPX file. That's, my, that's it, right? That's my understanding. Yeah. yeah. Much. yeah. Um, yeah much. And so have you, have you used some of that at all? Or are all, are all the trails on the Tet trails you already knew about?
1: No, for, well, for us, it was that way around, for sure. Like we we have known all that stuff, but we've ridden some of that stuff. And and again, the only little problem with the tech is that you don't necessarily, it varies a little bit from country to country. You don't necessarily know, like, the degree of difficulty. That's quite hard to measure because it depends a little bit on the person in the country and what they think is difficult or not, I think. That can be wild. And, 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 and also you know i i don't know enough about that tech and you might be able to comment a bit more side but i think maybe some of the kind of strictly speaking legality of those routes is dated possibly i mean we know some that are on the ones in the uk that are definitely not technically legal anymore so yeah
2: yeah, yeah. when we were um when we were wrecking in that uh five day was trip um had like the the tracks and trails and byways that I had in mind to that we wanted to use, um, but I also had the like the Tet track log in the background of my GPS just because I was curious as to where it went and stuff like that. Um, and uh, yeah, some of the some of the tracks it took were kind of like a couple with footpaths and a couple were kind of ones that were fairly overgrown and went through like the backs of people's houses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like basically things that you wouldn't kind of really use if you were kind of out for a trail ride with your mates kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, some sections it was definitely like no one had wrecked that. It was just a case of like plotting it because it looked like some sort of trail kind of thing. Um, but gradually I think the test getting better in that respect as pe- more people ride yeah. it. And report those things to the. the I think they have a
0: function in the app as well, don't they, where you can report like a a trail as not being okay or or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I I only downloaded the app the other day just because I think the Tet runs quite close to where I live now, and then down. Down south, so with, with a trip like Wales, uh, like your Wales adventure one, when you're when you're planning that, or obviously that process, I would imagine is quite similar to if you're planning to go and do like a five day ride based on how you did it somewhere new. So like you said, you watch a load of GoPro video, and you use Google Street Map to figure out which lanes would be good and which ones wouldn't, and it kind of lets you explore into areas uh, that you might not have ridden before. How how close can you get? by going through that process to a finished, like a good ride? Do you know if you sat there and you put that time in at home, when you went and recceed your actual Wales adventure, how close was it?
2: Um, I'd say we probably put uh, about the same as the trip, really, like two days recce, two to three days recce for every day driving.
0: Mm -hmm. Something like that.
1: It's definitely then, yeah. It's definitely two to three days recce day per day, and also like quite mm. often when we say recce day, we're talking we're talking like a day,
2: <laughs> long day, a long day,
1: okay. a proper. You know, we're quite happy to finish our recce late into the night time. Mm. It's happened many times. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so so obviously the the Portugal thing when when you started that you had some kind of good knowledge, and in an Oz you've obviously got good maps. Um, when you when you did the the Iceland trip for the first time and you went there and uh, how much local knowledge did you have and how do you go about trying to figure out where to go in a completely new place? Like where do you even get the maps from to do it?
1: Yeah, well, so we we had local knowledge for sure in Iceland. We had mm-hmm. some local guys over there, which was which was a great start, um, great starting point for sure. And, and the only difference for us, I think, in Iceland was that, you know, we know a little bit the kind of riding we like and that our customers look like them what we wanted for our customers, whereas the locals we worked with, like, didn't have the same perspective on what we were looking for in the routes. So that's why we've, you know, we ended up changing it and adjusting it to suit that. But um, the local knowledge was, was helpful there. Um, the one other bit of mapping, that's out there that we've found recently, uh, which has proved to be pretty good in many places in the world. And I have no idea how the guys do it, but it's called um OpenMTB, as in mountain bike, openmtb.org. Mm-hmm. And it's some um, some bloke called Felix, one of those guys that loves doing this stuff. And he's somehow compiled um, gpx files for the world what yes the whole world <laughs> the whole world uh, wow and, and and they have to be unbelievably good i mean again the problem yeah. you you have from a motorcyclist point of view is you don't know don't know the the degree of difficulty or um the or the legality of of the routes he's put on there but in terms of in terms of there is a track here that you can go and check out if it is legal and if it goes somewhere and if it's passable by a motorcycle, it's incredible. He's literally, I mean, if you're a cyclist or an e-mountain biker and you had lots of batteries, <laughs> he, he is amazing. And I think he, he it's like free, it's open source, but I think he asks for, I wanna say, 20 US dollars a year or something. Is that right, sir I think we paid a yeah, subscription right. to him now. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. dude, you can, you can have $20. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> you, you 100% deserve your $20. Um, so uh, yeah, Open MTB.
0: You, you touched on something quite interesting there. Um, you said about degree of difficulty. Um, and that's another thing that I've come across a little bit recently. Obviously, I live in a relatively flat area. So like it's almost impossible to tell from a map. But it, can you use the topo lines to determine whether something is like just going to be stupid or is it always a little bit of a lottery beyond just looking on street to see the end or the start of the lane
2: yeah you definitely use the top of lines a little bit as well as your kind of own experience kind of thing Mm -hmm. um so yeah if, if we're um yeah if we're wrecking a trail in portugal or something like that you can a new trail in a new area you can roughly look at the top of lines and think
0: well, especially in portugal because they've got a habit of just going off like cliffs yeah basically yeah totally yeah, yeah. so if, if the lines <laughs> become one thick black one <laughs> that's exactly. a problem yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so i, I don't know mm. um,
2: you can see those things coming as well in when yeah. you're there in real life so
0: yeah yeah. yeah yeah i don't for those of you who are watching this who don't know anything about maps uh the topo lines are basically the circular lines on an os map or whatever and the closer they get together the steeper it is the further apart, the background of this, exactly. Or the further apart they are, the slacker the angle is that's right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And is the gap, it it, is the gap between each line always the same.
1: It's 10 meters, isn't it? Okay. Uh, I believe 10 vertical meters. Yes. I think it changes
2: between maps. I mean, I have to check on the map the individual might be using but but um but you can it might be 10 meters might be five meters might be 20 but the rule is still the same the closer the lines are together it's steeper Mm -hmm. so um, whether that's good or not
0: is
1: down to you the uh (laughs) so um and and it's an awesome guide but the bit you can't see because sometimes as we all know you can go down a very steep hill, hill on a motorbike but if it's a very steep, or it's a shallower hill, but it's littered in rain gullies and rocks, that's the bit that you can't tell from mm. Google Earth yeah. or Contour lines. So, you know, one man's steep hill is another man's uh, joyful path. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yes. uh, you, you touched on it before uh, earlier as well. Um, and we were talking about this, me and Sai, a little bit before this podcast um, about Garmin Basecamp. Camp. Uh, can you explain to me why why you use base like because essentially when you're trying to make a route uh basically you draw a bunch of lines over an existing map and then export that as something called a gpx file which most gps's can read in some format or another right is that my under that's kind of i mean yeah. I, I still don't really know much about this either i've kind of got a sort of GPS thing on my bike that I can plug a memory card into and it gives me a line on a map, which is great. Um, But why using Basecamp? What does that give you that other software doesn't give you? Or is, yeah, what's the the deal? Because whenever I go near it, I just want to punch my head through the computer and go and have a beer.
1: That's how I feel in iMovie. (laughs) Well, me too. It's uh, (laughs) not great.
0: It's nearly good. It's another one of those (laughs) nearly good softwares. It's like they did the first four days of work and then on Friday, they just couldn't be bothered anymore and went home.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So explain explain Basecamp to me because
0: everybody seems to love it apart from me.
2: It's the only one I've really used, to be honest. I've not kind of like invested the time to explore other ones, but it's kind of like the the standard thing ish as far as i can tell anyway and um, i don't hate it enough to try anything else so uh okay i'll keep using it for now <laughs> i'll uh, explore yeah the i
1: i think like i see Basecamp a bit the same as how you just described it it's like it's mostly good like like all those bits of software you've got to spend a bit of time in there to learn the shortcuts and learn your way around it and then it's not that bad to use it's not brilliant but it's not that bad um and and i mean i've used one or two others back in time and kind of always return to base camp just because it's like yeah, it's the best of the worst is that the right way around to say it? or the worst of the best i don't the best know of kind yeah. Yeah. yeah so no of offense to I anyone that works I've, at base camp I've, by the way <laughs> i've used uh, like i've used the view ranger a little bit as well mm-hmm. um which they've they funnily enough they've just been kind of partnered up with another one called outdoor something or other they've sort of joined forces um so i just started looking around it the other day just to, for that exact reason mainly because their apps pretty good on the phone but but yeah in terms of actually creating and exporting they, you know, i think a lot of those ones like view ranger and that they they've kind of got these um you know, they got they geared up to people that like doing things like what do they call it, caching and geocaching and stuff like that, and don't necessarily work that well for what we use them for.
0: So I, I've, been know, we, using, I've been using as a complete non-expert, I've been using Viewranger as my kind of basic thing, mostly because the one thing it does really well is if you just want to draw a line over a map of where you're going to go tomorrow, it's really easy. Like it's just click, mm-hmm. drag, drop, click, drag, drop. There's no buttons involved. Um, if you drag the map, you just move, you don't create a new point and then fucking drag one over there and then smash your head in the computer and go and have a beer. It doesn't work like that. Um, you you bet it's kind of pretty simple. It's a good, but there's a bunch of flaws with it where immediately as I tried to do anything more complicated, I was like, what is going on? I can't do this. You know, I tried to look at a GPX and make a new GPX. No, not possible. You can't look at two at the same time. Can't handle that. Go away um if you zoom out you can't tell it to stay on one map so when i zoom out it changes maps and that's really annoying because you know the one thing that i wish you know the paper map almost feels really good for this because you've got like a holistic view of where you might want to go whereas on view ranger because you can't set the map you zoom right in and you get your detailed os map with your little green crosses that's my one and then I go, ah, oh, do I want to go left or right here? And I zoom back out and I'm back on like just a normal roadmap and I'm now in a field somewhere and it doesn't make any sense. So is that stuff that's better in base camp? Like, can you fix that stuff?
1: I, I think, yeah, like when I've used base camp well, again, back to Mr. Open MTB, he, his is a great example like that because. The one thing, once you've loaded that, and it's a proper palaver to get that loaded onto Basecamp, but his instructions are clear, but you really have to follow them. It probably takes forever. Um, But once you've got his maps in there, they're the same. There's like so much detail in there. It's great for when you zoom in, but every time you kind of come out to look at the bigger picture, you you kind of actually need to swap maps, don't you, So And go back to a more basic map to get your sort of framework a little bit, because you you get lost in all the detail. So, I, I mean, I'm still the same. I still love to have a massive paper map and put it on the you know, on the desk to kind of get the picture and the frame of, of what you want to try and achieve over a day. But then, yeah, then to work it back into the base camp is, is great because that's the one thing that is 100% a million times better than we had when I first started doing this 20 years ago and you literally had, you know, we'd go out wrecking with and six ordnance survey maps in your back pocket and then it was raining and you know every time you got to every second junction you lost where you were in your head and you had to pull the map out and put on your handlebars and work out where you were again and draw on it oh, so like, you see those side. old trail riding
0: mm-hmm. photos of people with a clipboard mm-hmm. on their handlebars
1: yeah, exactly horrendous yeah. and so that bit of being able to have you know i think a lot of the time so i'll agree with this but when we're wrecking now it's great to have like a gps a, GPS, and your phone, yeah. you know, on the handlebars, and then you've kind of got that zoomed in, zoomed out thing going on. You can have mm-hmm. the ordnance survey map here and, the Google and map. open MTB or your Google Maps over yeah. there. And, you know, that combination is fantastic. And, like, having that on a waterproof device on your handlebars, that bit is fantastic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah. So I don't know if I've been any help to anyone that's just starting out with this now because it is impossible.
0: Yeah, complicated and impossible. Well, I'm just starting out with it and it's complicated and impossible. And many, many times recently I've spent like a good two or three hours doing nothing. I've had it open and I've achieved nothing. So that's, uh, yeah, that is a a little bit of a frustrating process. So um, when it comes to the technology you're using as well, obviously you talked about using your phone and a GPS. What... What GPS do you use or what are you looking for if you're going to go and buy a GPS for this purpose? You know, obviously you can walk into Halfords and buy TomTom Tom for 90 quid and put an address in London in and it'll get you there. Um But does that device do what you need it to or do you need a different type of device? Because the one I've got at the moment, the map is OK, but it doesn't have like the lanes I'm riding on most of the time has some of them but most of the time i'm just following a blue line almost like i had a map in my hand i yeah, don't know so if i phrase that well enough to make a question out of it
1: no, no totally i i well i'm sure so si can jump in on this at the moment but so we we use montana's at the minute um well it's actually the bmw never adventure navigator but it's it's the montana um but I think, yeah. That's the, not the one, newest one though, is it? That's the 600. No, ours are, ours are all a few years old. So yeah, so yeah, I think they're the 600. But the, the point I was going to make is you're, you're, you're right. If you go and buy your sort of street-based um, your based uh, type Tom Tom or Garmin, I don't know what they call them, Nav 5, Nav 6, they were in the BMW range, those kind of ones they're not so good for this sort of thing because you just haven't got enough options in there and you want to be able to do exactly what you said. You want to be able to load maps on there so you can put whatever map you've used for designing the software on there. So you need to be able to upload maps. So, okay, yeah, go on. You need need to be able to, you need to be able to, like, change a lot of the settings to suit the route that you've designed. So, you know, you want to be able to see waypoints. You want to be able to see... um, Uh, You want to be able to make those decisions about whether you like the track north up or track up. Um, Whoa, just stop there a sec. Before we go any
0: further, I think we need to solve this. What do you mean like the track
1: north up? Well, some people like to have, (laughs) yeah. No, I don't understand. I mean, it's useful. (laughs) Don't get me wrong, it's useful. But like?
0: Who likes trying to do something upside down the wrong way around? really well am i talking to two north up people here 100% what like even when you don't need to know where you're going you're still riding
1: north up 100% 100% because that in my opinion that's it's the only way you start to learn your way around is by having your map in the same orientation as your head.
0: Well that's what the sun's for. <laughs>
1: yeah, which we <should, laughs> anyway, we're not gonna have this confusing. Right, you're just confusing, your- you're confusing. You're confusing you're confusing all your patrons even more. My point was is you want a GPS that's um kind of got all that functionality that you can change all the settings and have the things showing that you want. And you know, those ones like the Montana the more the more kind of navigating oriented gpx's that aren't just street finders you know they allow you to adjust the amount of detail that's showing on the screen and um i don't know there's a million settings isn't there so you can probably explain that a bit more perhaps uh yeah you can <laughs> bless you
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry the house moved slightly to the right then
2: <laughs> yeah on those uh, kind of the Montana's that we've got is yeah, it's really good to, to kind of switch between maps and um, to uh, like you said, north up, uh, track up, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's it, yeah, it's more geared towards uh, following like tracks rather than routes. And um, tracks so- and routes are very distinct, different things. So a route is uh, at the end of the street, turn right. And if you turn left or right too early, it'll try and redirect you onto that original route. Whereas a track log or a track is a, a just a line on a map, and it doesn't give a shit if you're going off it or moving back down the wrong way or whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, so, so yeah, those kind of montanas uh, are good for Tracks usually they'll handle routes obviously, but um, but yeah, tracks are the kind of really easy to use on those devices. And I'd, I'd say if you're going to get a GPS, um, it's going to be good to get something like that Montana or um, something maybe that's geared to more towards like hiking and mountain biking than something that's geared towards riding across
1: Europe or something like that Mm -hmm. Um, yeah because the other beautiful thing the other beautiful thing you just mentioned there about tracks is you know when you're when you're planning when you've planned a route at home you know what we always do as well is we'll have like several track logs on that one section so you can see all your options and with those kind of gps gpx you can have several track logs all showing at once all in different colors so when you get to a gate that is locked and it's not the right way to go or something, you can, you know, you've got your option B showing straight away. Oh, that's a nice so, idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So you're not sort of then going, Oh, that didn't work and my 200 kilometer route is broken at kilometer 12.
0: You've literally yeah. just pointed out <laughs> another floor in view ranger to me because now I'm like, okay, that's great. But how do I, See those two at the same time. You can't. So you can't make a route around beforehand. You basically have to start again and draw from scratch, or export and import and tweet. You know, it's a nightmare. Um, yeah, very interesting.
1: So I on think, those, I think you, I think you can do that. I think you can do that in the view range. I think you can okay. rebuild multiple routes.
0: I th- I think uh, yeah. Um, if I'm just poorly using that software. So with with your base map on the husky project bike at the moment i have got a trail tech voyager pro and it's proving to be really good like from my experience of using a montana to using that obviously i'm no gps expert but it's proving to be really good it's got all those functions you just mentioned i can put a custom map in there i can put loads of track logs in it and um, i do it with an sd card i can move around the map really freely and easy and it's fast as hell like the map loads really snap it's really nice to use um where do you get your base maps from? So I I remember talking to you about this a few years ago that you have two different types of map as well. Like you have a vector map, I believe, which is one that a a route can follow because it knows where the lines are. And you have like your OS map. Are you putting your OS map in your Montana or are you using a different type of map?
2: We haven't found a... uh, a way to put OS maps into Montana yet um, I'm sure there is a way but to be honest it's almost not really needed at, at the moment it's, it'll be nice but it's like it's just a surplus kind of thing um, so we'll have like the that uh, open MTB map the Dutch guy Felix mm-hmm. um, is mm-hmm. mapping on our Montanas on one side of the handlebar and then uh our phone with uh VRanger with um OS maps open on V Ranger mm-hmm. on the other side. Um just to have to see those kind of um two options really. When we're wrecking anyway, um when we're leading groups, it's just the just the GPS with the track log. Mm -hmm. um sometimes i'll have the phone open if i want to kind of you know see the start of a trail as i'm riding past or something like that Mm -hmm.
0: okay so your your base map on is just generally that uh, on your gps device is just that open street map and you're using that for most the most of the world then when you when you go there okay well that's awesome to know because you know at the moment i like on mine i'm using trail tech do a, a world map and i've got the western europe version in there and it, it's it's okay like some of the trails are there but there's plenty of stuff that isn't there do you know like you're riding along through the middle of a grassy lane uh, it, you know it's it's good and it's free but it's not it's not perfect so that's really you good put
2: other put. maps on that uh, on that
0: trail yeah. Tech unit yeah you can put you can oh, put nice. any dot dat file is that right is that a map file that sounds, sounds right. good. Um, yeah, so sounds you can put right. anything like that in there.
1: Um, yeah, and, and Mr. OpenMTB's uh, map files are vector files, so if you're plotting stuff out, you don't need to put a dot on every corner. You can literally just go on and go along that trail, start of the trail and the end of the trail and maps it. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so it will like snap yeah. to the line? Yeah, yeah. totally, yeah.
0: What? Does it do that in view range <laughs> or is this another reason I have to use Basecamp? <laughs>
2: I, I don't haven't know, tried it, it in B-Ranger, I yeah. only, only tried it in base camp. Oh my God.
0: That's, that sounds like a godsend. Like I made a track log, a 70 mile track log around here and it's about 700 <laughs> points. <laughs> well, because I also, you know, you go through lots of little villages and if you just put one in the middle of the village, really unhelpful, you get lost a lot. So I was like, oh, I'll be really detailed yeah. about it. It took me ages. Oh, that's really, well, there you go. That's been revolutionary. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I'm a bit like uh, deflated almost, you know. Um, okay, well, that's, uh, that's kind of solved a, a lot of those problems, really. Um, what, uh, have you used any other GPSs that are, that are good for this?
1: Um, I'm going to say I haven't, really, because all the previous GPSs I had prior to that Montana were... From the era of where, where there was no maps on GPSs, and it was literally follow the breadcrumb trail across the uh, open screen. I, I remember,
0: <laughs> which there, like your... I said,
1: there was a certain fun to that. Though there was a, there was definitely a lot of fun to just like I'm gonna go over there, and something will happen. I kind of like that. So
0: I remember my, my first experience with the GPS, and I would, I, I, this must have been from when you were going to Dakar the first time. You got a Garmin GPS, had a big old aerial oh. on it that you swiveled up. Oh. And I remember we were going somewhere in central London in the car, and you gave me this GPS and said, this will tell us where to go. And it was like we we're in London, and it was an arrow. <laughs> and I, just, I remember at the time being like, well, Dad, it says that way. And that was just like, there was no, Mm -hmm. even as a seven-year-old, I was like, this isn't very good. This is not
1: helpful.
0: Where's the A A to Z? I can definitely make more sense of that.
1: You've just made a torturous memory for me. So, see, Si, you were made for the old rallies because not only did we have, (laughs) uh, when they first bought GPS into Rally, you know, we'd only had the road book. The first cup I did, and then they went, "Oh, we've got this GPS thing that you're all." It was compulsory as well. You have to have one. You had to buy your own. I think I've still got it wow. in a box somewhere. It was like the XL 45 or something. It was called, like you said, it was a little, looked like a walkie-talkie. And then, and then in the road book, they then wrote at all the waypoints and all the key junctions. They wrote the GPS coordinates. And you had to sit there for after you'd done your road book, three hours colouring it in, then had to sit there with your exactly, you had to sit there with that and self-program the GPS points into it. And you know what wow. the menus are like on those. It's not like a typewriter, is it? You go A. so each waypoint takes you about twelve minutes and um yeah and, and then somehow it was zip tied onto the handlebars next to the robot it was no use whatsoever but it was like another one of those rally things where someone was doing it so everybody felt they had to do it
0: I, uh, I'm looking at the little display. I don't know how well you can see this in that picture. It might be a bit small unless you yeah, uh, blow it fantastic. up on a big screen, but, uh, it almost looks like the heads up display of what they thought fighter pilots would have in
1: eighties films. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, it's got like <laughs> yeah. a little track with a grid <laughs> next
0: to it and an arrow. <laughs> you know, exactly. go,
1: and then, and then the wider the track got was like how close you were, get, you know, how far away you were. And it narrowed in as you got closer to the, the, the point. Why not that just road? have an arrow? And then, and then the the width of the road from the center line was like the cross track error as well. So your little tiny little arrow on the bottom there that drift off to the left or the right of the center line, like you said, it's exactly like a yeah, you know, or like you know those early sort of um, Atari games, that kind of thing.
0: Like uh, that scene in Star Wars where he blows the Death Star up the first time. Do you know? Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> it's and exactly. Got it and you just see the little
0: <laughs> the <laughs> dot on his yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know. At least George Lucas had some imagination Um, because, yeah, he designed a Garmin GPS 10 years early. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, well, I'm glad that 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 was very off topic, but I am very glad that uh, we don't have A, that aerial anymore, and B, a display that badly designed. (laughs) No, not bad. That's harsh. You know, it was pretty cool at the time, but do you know what I mean?
1: Um, The aerials did fall off as well. We had to silicon them on.
0: I remember that actually. I remember yours being Silicon on. Wow. Childhood memories. So, um, yeah, I suppose if I'm sat here now, I'm, uh, I'm a map creation, not creation. I'm not a carto- cartographer, but you know, I'm like someone who knows nothing about this. What do you, what's like your... What should I be doing? What do I need to be learning, or or what's your solid piece of advice to uh, to those of us who are
1: uh, where, trail where, discovery where novices? Where your local TRF group meets on a Tuesday night? Ah, I I don't know, probably some country manor, knowing around here.
0: It's probably hosted by the Queen's cousin. Um, yeah, okay, so like the uh, the TRF is kind of the best place for that stuff in the UK then for figuring out where to go is just to find your local dude. And cause I suppose the other thing as well, that's difficult with something like that is you have the same problem we were talking about with, and, and maybe uh, this is not something that bothers me so much, but some of the people I go trail riding with, with like my partner, Lucy and so on. They're novices and, and knowing whether those people are going to look after you or not is also kind of a difficult thing, right? Like how do you, how do you go about that? How do you not end up in that situation yeah, you where you kind
2: of have to test them out? I guess, mm. um, yeah, um, yeah. Send send a friend who's a good rider to <laughs> test them out.
0: <laughs> Make sure you take a tow rope
1: yeah, yeah. No, and I, th- I think for the most part, they, you know, people are willing to help and are friendly. But like you say, it's it's always a difficult line because one person, what one person thinks a beginner is, and is easy as. Is definitely someone else's soup there's no question about that
2: mm-hmm.
1: um yeah there's no easy answer to that but you've got the same problem if you go and like do it by yourself as well Is that if you are a beginner and you you know go and get a map and try and follow the trails you can end up in a lot of difficulty on your own as well so mm-hmm. you have still kind of got the same dilemma that if you're in that situation You wanna go with someone more experienced that can help if you do get into trouble. And also I'd kind of argue that like, you're then trying to learn two new skills at once, which as we all know is never easy. So you're trying to learn map reading and trying to learn to ride. Probably not the easiest thing to do together.
0: Very unhelpful. I was very much hoping for a better solution to that problem, you (laughs) too.
1: I gave you a good solution, go and join a. Find someone who the knows their way around. Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, or, or you know, it, it, obviously, like, you we know, you know. there's a, of other organizations in other parts of the world as well. Wherever you live, I think, mm. most places there is a nice group of friend motorcyclists.
2: Hmm. I, I think as well, just, just kind of, like, just, like, watch a YouTube tutorial on how to read OS maps because... Not everyone knows how to read them and that it's not like super intuitive. And
0: um. What do you you mean, Si? The the key (laughs) makes so much sense and none of the diagrams are similar at all. (laughs) Do you know the dot cross and the cross dots and the Jesus Christ, they could have come up with some better lines there. Again, not insulting anyone at OS. What you do is wonderful, but Jesus Christ. (laughs) seriously if anyone hasn't seen i don't know you know I, i've used the hema maps a little bit before and i generally find those very easy to read they're, they're very well done maps aren't they um but the os map as much as i think they're a wonderful thing they are not you are like 100 percent right they are not easy to read like and the the fact that they change all the color scheme between the different uh, scale maps is super yeah. irritating because i'm like i can't remember which one is which and now i'm going back to the key all the time to check you know I think i'm that, sure it gets better with time the UK UK
2: is, is it's like the uk is just super dense in mm-hmm. a lot a lot if a lot of it as anyway like in terms of life, <laughs> what, it, are we, what are of we
1: talking landscape here si? or <laughs> population <laughs> intelligence level just uh, yeah just just asking <laughs>
2: um yeah compared to like australia um mm-hmm. where it's kind of like a lot of it's open and a lot of it's kind of pretty intricate in like in terms of like forest trails and stuff like that but um but yeah in the UK you look at like yeah especially down well around where we live and down in Dorset I think it's the same as well there's like it's really condensed and a lot lots of trails lots of roads and footpaths bridleways and all sorts yeah um, but in Oz, it's like it's just kind of like dirt tracks and tracks kind of thing. It's, yeah, you know, the, here the
1: mo, here the ordnance survey maps 1 to 25,000 and in Australia the most detailed maps you can find are 1 to 250,000. So that 10 times matter. bigger scale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It, it totally doesn't matter. They're more than detailed enough out there.
0: Yeah okay well that's uh, there we go. And, so, and uh, also,
2: also to um, just figure out Basecamp as well it's um it's it's a good starting point i there might be better ma- uh, mapping kind of software out there but download basecamp youtube t- tutorial about how it works get those uh, open mcb maps on there or um the o- os maps um if you can and um and yeah just kind of
0: so do you use the open mtb map in basecamp as your singular Map, or do you have other maps? Because the standard map in Basecamp, like I opened it last night to plan a route to go trail riding today, and the map that is the stock map in there, it, it's like my first map, it's literally like my first. I don't even think my road is on it, and like I live on a yeah, road, yeah. <laughs> do you know? Um, I'm sure that's an exaggeration for storytelling purposes, but you get the idea. Like, it's not a great map, it doesn't have much detail at all. Um, so yeah. it, it, do you have, do you use? With The mountain bike map and another one?
2: I generally I don't just use the mountain bike map mm-hmm. on Big for me.
1: Yeah, but your, your eyes are only 30. I definitely, need to use, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely need to use another. I don't remember the one I've got in there is, but it might just be like UK roads or something like a more generic map for so you have, there isn't like zoom, a worldwide
0: solution for that. Then you're having to find a different one for each country you're going to. Because that's one uh, of the uh, nice uh, things about like yeah, that yeah. trail tech mapping thing that they've got is like it's the whole world, like and it's pretty detailed. So that's kind of cool yeah. in a way. But um, I don't know if you maybe you can put that map okay. into Base Camp as well. You must be able to.
1: Yeah, or I shoot, think I think yeah. a, the Base Camp mm. one just has it. Does have like I can't remember what it's called now. I think. You know, I have got one in there that is just like global, but yeah, it, it it's okay for that just generic, like yeah, exactly that UK roads or whatever, so, just a global map. Um, and then the other, um, yeah, I mean there's uh, there's other uh, again the whole open source mapping thing is pretty good because uh, like it, in Iceland we use that OMTB guys one as well, and another we found a local again it was a dutch guy did it, it was a local one for iceland didn't we it's yeah, called open yeah. open light or something like that it was also very yeah. good so but that that stuff's a little bit just the google search and yeah that sort of open source mapping software there's quite a lot of that around
0: mm-hmm. okay
1: and and it's it's definitely always good for me when you go somewhere new it's very different in the uk because Ordnance survey is so perfect um but i i think that's quite rare actually well, it was probably a side you know effect know of all the
0: like land ownership and rights of way stuff and you know yeah, the rights I are mean, set in stone here aren't they so
1: yeah it's sort of crazy with that ordinance survey you know there's a tiny little stone hut in the middle of the hills that's been there for well, i was half fallen down a hundred years ago and it's it's marked on the map like it's nuts mm. how good it is really um but when yeah whenever i've done wrecking anywhere else like it's always for me it's always important to have at least like two different map sources because you know you'll always get that scenario where like like open mtb guys things stuff is really good but how many times in portugal has there been like a track on his and not on another map and vice versa you you know like that happens a lot and that definitely happened when i was doing all the stuff in in oz even with the hema maps you know they've got a whole range of maps but sometimes one set of their maps had it and another set didn't you know so it's really good to to have at least two options i would say to be looking at when you're trying to find new stuff Mm but like i said the uk is a bit different because it's it's a very 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 definitive
0: so um one of my last questions, and I think I haven't, obviously, I'm not really running into this problem with the trail tech system I'm using because I'm riding around on a dirt bike. Um, I'm not really looking to go into town. But when, you, when you're adventure riding, this is something that I think I uh, have come across with the Montanas a little bit. Um, obviously we talked about the difference between a route and a track before where a track is like a line drawn on a map that is a terrible way to navigate through a city i've I learned this quite a lot when racing rallies especially when you get to the tiniest village in the world with only three roads if you have a really basic instruction set that suddenly becomes impossibly difficult like when we've done the serres rally in the past the most lost you see everyone is in a village every single time you get there you're like there's no tracks there's no dirt there's what like where do I turn? There's three streets here, and they're all ten meters apart. What's going? Do you know? And it's a bit the same when you have that track on a map, and you're just following that on a Montana or something. That can be really difficult to find your way around a town. You know, yeah. one of your instructors Doesn't inevitably feel. always gets lost in Portugal somewhere, that isn't really that complicated, but it's difficult. So, what do you what do you do in that situation? Is your phone then your best option, or do you use the Montana for that or is it good enough?
1: It, well, it should be if you've done the track log well, but again, that's where for me, yeah, having the, having the, the phone on the animals with a overview of a street map, cause you're right. Towns are strangely towns are always more complicated than mountains. Maybe that's just cause I don't want to be in them.
2: Yeah. In those towns, you kind of have to just zoom in. Mm -hmm. a lot or like switch from zooming in to zooming out so you kind of like know roughly where you are but it it always helps when um the map on the gps is the same map as the track was plotted on in base
0: camp yeah
2: because then it'll overlay exactly okay yeah obviously always kind of helpful
0: or if you're trying to find something in a town do you sometimes just switch to like putting the thing in and just letting the gps take you there
1: yeah but then Uh, you lose your track
0: ah okay they won't show at the same time or
1: no but you know it's another great advantage of going back to the type of gps gps is that side just mentioned that ability to turn on auto zoom and you choose how far in or out you want to zoom on you GPS. So, you know, when you're on fast tracks, you might be zoomed out to 300 meters of view on your screen where when you go into the, the town, you go right into 50 meters to see that exact point on the junction where you want to go. And then when you when your track logs going the wrong way down a one way street, you can at least then see where the streets that you, you know follow the road signs, but you then go the right way around the one way system and rejoin your track log like you've got that ability when you can zoom in and out. Mm -hmm. whereas your your road-based gps doesn't let you do that it decides the zoom level for you and flashes up a thing of the junction which obscures the view of what you actually need to see so yeah that's and as i said it depends on what mapping you've drawn your track log in but it should be right really is that usually when it's not is when you've been a little bit lazy with your track log creation yeah (laughs)
0: All right. Well, that has been uh, entirely insightful and absolutely wonderful. And I will endeavor to learn to use Basecamp and hope that my monitor screen survives my anger towards it. Uh, Yeah, it's been awesome. Thank you very much. Um, I suppose this is that. Go on.
1: We'll do. I'll I'll do all your track log design if you do all my uh, video editing.
0: I'm sorry I froze what, what happened <laughs> well you're more than welcome to um what video editing have you got to
1: do I'm uh... Uh, no this is this is this is an open uh unlimited uh <laughs> unlimited one-time offer
2: forever and after
0: <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. I don't know there's enough hours in the day I don't manage to get my own edits done anyway that's a different subject um Lastly, I, I just realized I left my TV on before this podcast. I was watching Drive to Survive, the uh, F1 documentary on Netflix. Highly recommended. Uh, I don't know if you you have you watched it, Si. You like F1? I, I do like it. I haven't watched it yet. My God, no. it's so good. It's the most yeah. intense thing in the world. It's like Moto Spy, but better and for Formula One. Um, so, yeah, well, I suppose that's all the questions I can think of to ask about GPSs. mostly or what I've taken away from this is that uh, I need to watch some YouTube tutorials and learn my shit because I don't know anything um, <laughs> which is great life advice in general. Um, so thank you very much. Uh, I, uh, if, At the end of the podcast, I've told you this before, but we always do that little bit where you can tell people what they can do with you two. Um, And you two know a lot about making great routes. I can testify to that. I've ridden many of them and been sat at the end of a trail and gone, wow, how the hell did they find that? That was awesome. There's one, like, do you remember in, um, this is a complete segue. I went to finish the podcast. Now I'm talking again. Uh, In Tasmania, you do the, the great Western... What do you call it? The one down Explorer. the west, the Explorer. Great trail. But at the end of that, on your hard route, There's one where you go like off into the woods and it's like all Sandy for ages and ages and ages. And then it turns into this bridge that's like a hundred years old and there's none of it left. And you have to walk your bike. And like, how did you find that trail? It was amazing. It was like one of the best trails we did in the whole trip. And I was in the middle of nowhere with my group and they were like, this is mad what's going on. I'm like, I don't know where I am. I'm just following the purple line and like I got there and I was like, there's no way any of us are riding across this bridge and it's all broken down. It was so good you know, like finding those trails is so worth it. So how did you find that?
1: That was my not question. not telling you how we found that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't tell you how we found that one. Okay. Well, that was a we, shit story. We might have had a bit of police help, actually, to find that one.
0: Oh, nice.
1: Yeah. Local, local policeman yeah, who but happens what? to be an adventure motorcyclist. Well,
0: if you want guided trips with trails like that, that will take you to places you've never seen before, especially in Australia, I think it's amazing. The trails that, you know, we're quite lucky to ride in a lot of places, but the trips I've done in Oz, the, some of the trails are incredible.
2: Always amazing. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Go to places that I definitely wouldn't have gone to if I just went riding there, do you know? Or if you, you've done yeah. that, and like a lot of people have done that Western Explorer Road, it's quite iconic in Tasmania, but I guarantee... Not many have done that one.
1: Just that. Uh, Or the Balfour, or the little Balfour track we do that day Balfour as well. track,
0: yeah. Which okay. one's that? The one halfway off the down road.
1: the Western Explorer, across the little airfield, into the jungle. I've never done it. Uh, oh, you missed ha- out there. I've never
0: had that group in the in the morning.
1: Yeah, okay. May- yeah. Maybe,
0: I, maybe I did. I don't think so, though.
1: No, it's black, black group only, that one, and it's it like... It doesn't sound familiar. Yeah. Yeah, well, size done it. There we go. Yeah,
2: old, uh, old prospecting route. Yeah, old
0: prospecting route. Uh, so, where can they find out about what you do and come and ride with you? That's the bit where you sell yourself, guys. Come on,
1: <laughs> offroadskills.com. It's very easy. Save all that. Uh, save all that challenging route finding and getting lost and doing rubbish trails. Just come and ride all the best trails with us
0: what a sales pitch that was class thank you very much um and when have you when have you got stuff running this year obviously covid has pushed things in a funky direction so what have you got and when have you got it i should know this but i actually don't have a clue we've got uh, a
2: couple weeks in portugal in november i think there's one or two places that's left on that still
0: it's one of those Uh, for me by the way
2: absolutely um we've got uh, three more weeks in Portugal in the spring um, those dates will be going live next week. So just keep an eye out on the offered skills, social media channels for those. Um, we've fingers crossed got a trip in Iceland in August, um, which is we can't do much about that at the moment. Just kind of kind of wait and see, but hopefully that comes off. And then next year, sorry?
1: Two places left on that at the moment, I believe.
2: Two places left in Iceland. Awesome. And then next August is the big one in Australia, the um, Savannah Way, which we uh, talked about a lot in this uh, in this little chat.
1: Can I come? And most importantly, Cy, five days in Wales. Five days in Wales. Oh, yeah,
2: should have mentioned that. Yeah. Uh we've got the five day Welsh trip, which is uh we've got just one of those this year, um, because of our kind of condensed season. Uh and it's in June. It's uh on a website. I think it's nearly full two or three places left on that one.
0: And if you want a preview of some of those trails, this is another good example of me not being able to not bothering to learn to use this software. Watch the Triumph Tiger review. Most of that was shot on a good chunk of day one and two of your around Wales adventure. Mm -hmm. I think it was day one and two. It sounds familiar to me anyway, but it was Prima. Very good trails. I didn't know existed in Wales and I've lived there. I lived there for 20 years. So I don't know what that says about me anyway. Thank you very much. It's been fantastic. Um, Yeah. Uh, As we've done in the last few podcasts as well. If you have any questions about this and you want to, ask them we will answer those questions i will put those questions to uh sai and sai uh and or sai p can just answer them because he's always on patreon as well um and we will yeah we'll answer those questions to do with your gps mappage learning to make routes whatever questions you have or advice that you have for us because we've made terrible mistakes Um thank you very much for listening um we'll be back next time with another one
1: cheers guys Cheers.
0: That was actually really good.